You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I also happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, I invite you to reflect with me as I work to demystify the tarot and the human experience, all while exploring tarot's connection to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. So grab your cards and join me as I work to create a pathway to better understand ourselves and those around us. To be honest, I desperately wanted to skip this card and hope that no one would notice. In fact, I significantly procrastinated recording this episode and even contemplated skipping a week of the podcast <laughs> in my my quest to continue avoiding the justice card. But instead, I I'm just I just decided to record the day before this is supposed to go out <laughs> because I did I did need to sit with it and figure out where my avoidance was coming from. I've always had an awkward relationship with the justice card, and I couldn't ever figure out why I wanted to avoid it so much. I think part of my avoidance right now stems from what's happening in the world currently. You know, and I've been I've been holding so much tender space for my clients, many of whom are directly affected by what's currently happening. So my emotional capacity for a deep societal exploration into the concept of justice just kind of seemed impossible. <laughs> but the truth is I've, I've had this difficult relationship with this card even before now. So I, I forced myself to, to sit and reflect, wondering how the meaning of this card has shown up throughout my life in, in ways that might lead me to wanting to shove it under a rug and, and pretend it doesn't exist. And it was, it was that precise thought of shoving it under a rug that made it click for me. Justice is about fairness and equity. Growing up, my family wasn't big on either equity or fairness. If you were to point out someone's wrongdoing or a perceived injustice, you were immediately reprimanded. So for me, to seek justice was to be punished. And... That revelation of cognitive dissonance is <laughs> precisely why I believe tarot is an incredibly powerful tool for our mental health. So now what the hell do I do with this information? <laughs> I guess let's shuffle. I am using tarot vintage per usual. It's just always next to me. I seriously feel like it's just an extension of me at this point. Okay, so I pulled two cards. I pulled the nine of wands and seven of wands. <laughs> so I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, what am I supposed to do with this information now? I think now I have this responsibility to look at what areas in my life I have not just avoided the justice card, but actually avoided justice. It took me a while, but now I'm the type of person who will immediately speak up if I see someone being treated unfairly. I'm not afraid to do that anymore. I'm not afraid of justice because of punishment in, in the way that I was made to fear it growing up. 
at least not when it comes to other people, (laughs) but when it comes to seeking justice for myself, I think that's an entirely different story and, and still perhaps needs some, some work. I think in some regard, I don't have any issues speaking up for myself, but there are certainly specific areas. And I think we can all relate to this that just seem a little bit more daunting to seek justice. And I think this is probably an invitation to say, okay, it's time to look at that. You know, there have been times when I've kept quiet in multiple relationships or, you know, situations and and not sought justice when it's really what I wanted. But, you know, out of fear of what might happen if I did, I stayed quiet. And, and for that, I think I still carry a bit of shame, which I think, again, a lot of you could probably relate to. And from a, a therapeutic, psychological perspective, I understand that this, this was a form of, of self-protection. So I don't beat myself, I don't beat myself up about it, but this is a great example of how, you know, we have a responsibility to ourselves and the world around us to continue evolving based on the insights that we gain. Speaking of evolving and insights, I feel like I'm starting to realize that the archetype of justice and the concept of self-worth are reciprocal. Because on one hand, justice encourages us to advocate for fairness in this life, which can lead to, you know, a growing sense of self-worth. On the other hand, having a sense of self-worth often is what empowers us to pursue justice confidently in the first place, you know, without that fear of punishment. I kind of want to pull another card. So let's see what else comes out. So temperance is making an appearance. So you know, justice is often attributed to both truth and balance, but it's not the same type of balance that we see in temperance. With temperance, we're surrounded by by softness. There's this beautiful landscape. There's a lot of water and movement present within temperance, and there's no water and no movement really at all present within justice. So, This makes justice feel honestly more like the queen of swords in some ways, sometimes emotionless, but I mean, for good reason. I think it's also a reminder that to be just or fair and truthful is not always pleasant. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. You know, with temperance, we have a blending that occurs, even if it's opposing forces. There's There's an energy and desire to create balance through combining opposites. But with justice, it feels like blending would be problematic or or like scoffed at. I can just like see the Queen of Swords right now saying, how dare you? But there's, you know, this there's a real energetic force within justice. And it's saying like, no, it is this way or it is that way. It cannot be both. And I think with temperance, there is permission for it to be both. Which really makes me think of another component of justice that has always frustrated me. And it's this idea of an inherent perfectionism that it seems to imply. Like we must have the right answer, the right response, the right action. But what if we don't? 
what if we think we're doing the right thing, then later on discover we didn't actually have all the facts. I think we're often conditioned to view this archetype and the experience of justice in general as binary. It either is or it isn't. And this doesn't leave room for change, for adaptation, for knowledge, or to go back to that word evolution, for evolution. So as someone who has struggled with perfectionism my entire life, that's another reason why this card scares the hell out of me, because it feels like it's saying, you better get it right. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of ironic that as someone who used to fear (laughs) ambiguity and not knowing that I would be you know, you think I would be comfortable with an archetype as certain as justice. I mean, my my newly discovered childhood justice trauma aside. <laughs> but now I'm I'm wondering, I think more of my discomfort is also coming from a place of, oh, this card doesn't invite ambiguity or doesn't create space. You you have to know the truth, you have to know the right answer. And what's done is done. And there's a finality that exists there that feels really intimidating. And I don't think that's a word that I had quite used to describe justice, (laughs) but it feels really fitting to use right now. I feel like it's a great time to pull another card. (laughs) Oh my God. Another wand, Queen of Wands. So this is fascinating. So I've I've pulled three wands already just discussing the justice card. I feel like I'm going to have to sit with that for a little bit and figure out what that means. (laughs) Seeing the queen of wands here, though, I'm, I'm actually glad it came out because I feel like it breaks up some of that intimidation and this desire to have a little bit of warmth brought in because, I mean, the queen of wands is even very ethical and and honest and a very noble archetype in the tarot. But something else that she tends to embody is this idea or concept of being accommodating and being understanding. Oh, which actually really makes me think of the Thoth deck. So adjustment takes the place of justice in that deck, which I think feels significantly more comfortable to me. You know, with justice, there's such permanence and that that finality I was talking about that emanates even from, even just from the word justice, which can feel really suffocating sometimes. So shifting the language to the Thoth version of adjustment speaks more to a mindset of, of growth and to go back to that word evolution, it gives room to really learn and understand and change your mind at some point. You know, with adjustment, we're really given permission to explore and then decide, which I, I think ironically maybe feels more just. Thinking about justice as adjustment through a broader lens, I think means we're able to make assessments of the past also of the present, and then, you know, also look towards the future and prepare to make changes if necessary. There's, thinking about the word adjustment, I feel like there's more of a permission to be fluid and curious when we, when we view justice as adjustment instead of it must be this or it must be that. You know, and th- thinking about how binary this card can be sometimes, Now I'm wondering, and I I hesitate even to say this, but (laughs) 
sometimes I wonder if justice is an invitation to surrender into radical acceptance. Sometimes, really oftentimes, things will happen that are bigger than us, significantly outside our sphere of control and influence. And we desperately want the wrongs to be righted. We're so angry and hurt and confused, but we cannot change or make right what has already been done. So perhaps justice is less about prevention and reaction and more about planning and executing. To go back to the fourth term adjustment, maybe it's about being methodical and how we plan to create change. You know, this is a very air-heavy card with a very prominent sword, indicating this is a card of mental strategy, a true thought exercise, and one that should not be taken lightly. You know, thoughts, ideas, and, and options should be thoroughly weighed on this scale in order to come into some sort of fair and balanced decision. I think it's this type of analysis and looking at the justice card through this lens um, means it's not just applied to our external world. And I actually really appreciate Rachel Pollack's view on, on this archetype because she spoke about the inherent self-awareness that this card embodies and how it can be an invitation to understand our past and any sort of imbalance within ourselves. It can be really overwhelming when we look at this card and think, how am I supposed to facilitate justice? How am I supposed to bring on justice as, you know, one person? And, you know, when we hang out in that space too long, we can become paralyzed and then not make any sort of change or do anything, which means we find ourselves in this position of, I, I have this strong desire to seek justice, yet I feel like there's nothing I can do about it. Which really brings me back full circle to the beginning of the episode when I realized my own discomfort surrounding the justice card was actually because of my own cognitive dissonance. And to explain cognitive dissonance, you know, it's something that happens when we hold conflicting beliefs or values, which, you know, then leads to this psychological and emotional tension, discomfort, or even suffering. So I think what I've discovered through reflecting on justice was that my desire for actual justice and fairness was at odds with what I was taught growing up because I learned that seeking justice would lead to immediate reprimand. You know, this is clearly, you know, indicative of, of a profound inner conflict. You know, on one hand, I wanted to uphold my my own morals and ethics and, and principles of fairness and, and equity as much as I, you know, could know as a child, which was probably pretty basic. And on the other hand, I was made to fear the potential consequences of doing so. Now I want to pull a card on <laughs> working through cognitive dissonance. Watch me pull another wand. I swear. <laughs> so one card fell out and then I pulled another card because <laughs> the card that fell out was the five of swords and that didn't, <laughs> that confused me for a moment. So I was like, I'm going to pull another card too. But I think the five of 
Five of Swords speaks to, you know, maybe what caused the cognitive dissonance or or how the cognitive dissonance feels. And that's as if you're being taken advantage of or you've been humiliated or you feel like someone's getting away with something or, or has taken something from you, which is very much how I felt growing up. I felt like my, my voice was taken away. My, my sense of autonomy was taken away. I wasn't allowed to speak up for what was true to me. And especially this being a sword, it makes, makes sense. The fool here is interesting. So, you know, what's ironic is resolving cognitive dissonance usually requires, you know, reevaluating our beliefs and our, our values and, you know, in, in this case, reconciling my desire for justice with my past experiences in order to find a more balanced and harmonious perspective. And, you know, I think it's this balanced and harmonious perspective that I, I find the irony in reconciling, you know, my cognitive dissonance with justice since, you know, that's such an integral part of the card. You know, and often that requires us to take an uncharted path or, to blindly trust our intuition and and desire to head in a new direction. You know, and often that means we have to reflect on times when we have felt a sense of resilience or we felt like someone was willing to hear, hear us or believe us or help guide us on a path that we, we believe in. It's, it's been interesting thinking about (laughs) justice and cognitive dissonance, because now I'm wondering how much of a role cognitive dissonance plays in other cards that make me uncomfortable. This was really eye-opening. And I think a lot of us have very particular cards that just make us feel uneasy. And it can be frustrating because we're asking ourselves, why does this card make, make us uneasy? You know, there might not even be anything particularly concerning about the imagery. It's just, there's something about the card and I encourage you to say, you know, okay, well, how have the themes of this card shown up in my life over the years? In what ways have those themes been beneficial to me? In what ways have those themes been harmful to me? And I think you might be surprised at what you discover about yourself. So thank you all for for being with me on this wild journey of a podcast and through through some of these episodes where it probably feels like we're on this weirdly winding road of self-reflection and existential pondering. I, I really can't wait to hear what comes up for you all as you sit with the justice card. I would really love to hear your input. You know, it might continue to help me uh, in my relationship with the card. And also I really want to hear you know, what comes up for you in terms of looking at some difficult cards that you've been struggling with through the lens of cognitive dissonance and, and what that means for you. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.